Hi, everybody. It's TK. I am here on the microphone getting ready for my episode five of Loki analysis and review with new guest Danny. And you may wonder why I am speaking to you from the past before I recorded that episode. And the answer is because I am thinking about Black Widow. And when you hear my voice again in a few minutes, it will be after I have seen the movie in the theaters for the first and possibly second times. When I first started this podcast project, it was shortly after the release of the Black Widow movie was delayed the first time due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And it feels kind of wild that it's a year later, just about to the date that the movie is finally being released. And here I am talking about it for a podcast that in this past year has people listening to it. So thank you for that. And I've gotten to know so many awesome people through doing this project and collaborating. I'll be on MCU Need to Know with my friends Trey and Jude later this weekend to do instant reactions to Black Widow with them as well. And I'm really looking forward to that. But in a couple minutes here, you're going to hear my first reactions out of the theater about the movie. I did also want to share briefly, I got a message from a former student of mine, Charlotte. Shout out to Charlotte who had the opportunity to attend the fan premiere of Black Widow in New York City last week. And Charlotte wrote to me and talked about how awesome that experience was. She told me there was a mini red carpet that fans could take photos on and shared just a little bit about how these fan premieres worked, which is something I wasn't really aware of, although I do hope to go to one someday. Um, so she was saying that essentially there was one theater in which fans could go and watch the film and the other theater for the actors, family, and friends. And as I've mentioned on the podcast many times, I'm a sucker for merch. So she also told me that they got caps that say Black Widow fan premiere event NYC on them and free popcorn and drinks. And uh, she said that it was a really cool experience. And without sharing anything too personal or anything that I'll get in trouble with Marvel Studios, <laughs> if I mention, Charlotte has a personal connection to the actor David Harbour, and so she was able to share with me her, um, a little bit about her interactions with him and some of the things that he was talking about working with the MCU. So an anecdote that is not mine because I did not get to go to the fan premiere of Black Widow, but knowing somebody who did, it was kind of cool to hear about. I will be seeing the movie at a regular old AMC theater in the town in which I live. And I will be seeing it in IMAX for my first couple of viewings. And uh, after that, I plan to see it a few more times using my AMC Stubbs movie pass. And I'm considering getting the Disney Plus access as well. So we'll see about that. So stay tuned to hear my first reactions out of the theater about Black Widow. Okay, so as promised, I am back on the microphone. I have now officially seen Black Widow. I've seen it once only so far. As I mentioned before, I went to the movie theater in town to watch it for the first time. And I'll share a little bit about what my experience was like there. So typically, if I'm going to see a movie, especially for the first time, uh, if it's a movie that in some way or other is important to me or I anticipate will be important to me, I like to go by myself. And I was originally planning to see Black Widow by myself the first time. But just on a personal note, my brother who lives across the country for me, who I don't see very often, is currently in town. And 
I decided to ask if he, along with our parents, my mom and dad, Lori and Pat, who, who, if you have listened to the Ant-Man and the Wasp analysis episode of the podcast, you have heard them. They were my guests for that episode, and that was a lot of fun. I have talked about them on the podcast before as people who more recently got into the MCU in a more serious way or uh, revisited some of the movies that they had seen previously in a more serious way and are now fully in it and have been following the Disney Plus shows week to week. So I thought that I would organize this trip for us to go to the AMC theaters and see Black Widow. So we went to the Friday night showing at 7 p.m. in IMAX. I noted that this movie is also available to watch in 3D, which is interesting because as far as I understand, most films don't shoot in 3D anymore, um, and that Marvel, this is not something that they've ever really done. That being said, I do have a little bit of a curiosity to see what this looks like in converted 3D, so I might go and see it that way next week. The IMAX showing came with a comic book. It's called Black Widow Prelude, and it's pretty cool looking. So I love a collectible that comes with an experience, so I was excited for that. All four of us got one, so that's great. And the theater was pretty packed. As I've mentioned on the podcast before, I have been back in theaters in the past couple of months. and. As I've mentioned probably too many times, I did recently get the AMC Pass where you can see three movies a week for $25 a month. Figured it was a worthy investment for my interests and hobbies. So I have been to the theater a few times, and and recently I went to the blockbuster Fast 9, and I also had an awesome time seeing that with my friend Eddie, uh, another previous guest on There Was an Idea, so shout out to him. But even for... Fast 9, which at the time I I thought was a fairly crowded theater, more so than other films I had seen recently, Black Widow just blew that crowd out of the way. There were some empty seats, but I was sitting in the back row and kind of had a full view of the theater, and it it was pretty solidly packed. It was a good crowd. There was some clapping when the Marvel Studios fanfare came up on the screen. There were some moments of gasping and other reactions from the audience. And of course, when the credits began to roll, pretty much everybody stayed glued to their seat. There were a couple of people who got up to start to leave, and I was curious if maybe they had already seen the the movie and just wanted to beat the crowd out, because it's very well an expectation at this point that everybody knows that you have to watch through the credits. One last note on the experience side of things, the full trailer for Eternals did play before the movie, which was very cool to see on the big screen. No trailer for Shang-Chi, though. I recently saw the trailer for that. I think it must have been before Fast 9 and or before Cruella. Now, the movie itself. If you follow me on social media, you will have seen that I already posted the short and simple but favorable review of simply I loved it. I think I added a couple of additional thoughts to a tweet that I put out, but I'm just going to speak for a few minutes on the podcast today about what I loved about this movie and some of my other general reactions to it. Shortly, I'm also going to be recording a conversation with Trey and Jude from MCU Need to Know, friends of the podcast, in which we'll all share our initial reactions to Black Widow, and they're going to be posting that over on their feed at MCU Need to Know. Later this month, I am going to be giving the Black Widow film the full There Was an Idea treatment. I will be working with a very special guest who I'm excited to introduce to listeners of There Was an Idea, 
We're not going to share who that person is yet. It's not David Harbour. Sorry to disappoint. But it is a really cool podcaster who I'm excited to work with. And we're going to be really diving into the movie and looking at those big ideas and analyzing those themes and taking the time that I think, at least I'll speak for myself, that I need multiple viewings of the film and some time to pass before I can get into that level of analysis. So about Black Widow, I was engaged every second of this film. I didn't take my eyes off the screen. I never looked at my watch. I did not want it to end. And just on that kind of physical experience level, I like to look for those signs in myself. I watch a lot of movies, if not at the theater, at home, from various streaming services, old Blu-rays and DVDs. I spend a lot of time watching movies when I have free time. And there are movies that I appreciate on an intellectual level because I admire something about the storytelling or the writing. There are some movies that I find myself enthralled by the visuals. Sometimes it's a character or an actor's performance that really stands out. There are movies that I enjoy in different ways. And there are some movies that I enjoy that even though I enjoy them overall, enjoy a lot of aspects of them, I try to pay attention to if my mind is wandering, if I'm looking at my phone, if I'm curious about what time it is and when the movie's going to let out or whatever it may be. And while that metric is not the end-all, be-all certainly of how I might talk about my experience with a movie, it is something that I like to pay attention to in just analyzing my own physical response to the watching of the film itself. At the risk of sounding hyperbolic or overdramatic or like a fangirl who blindly just loves anything that Marvel is going to put out on a platter to me, watching Black Widow was something that as it was unfolding, I was processing how special it was. It, it felt like an experience as I was living it that was going to be remembered as something that was meaningful to me for a very long time. I love the MCU. I talk about it all the time. I've talked about even the entries in the MCU that aren't among my top favorite, the things that I love about them for what they have in common with the world building of this universe, the characters of this universe, and the movies within the MCU that I don't just like or love, but that are really special to me. Again, they're kind of for different categories. There are some that I connect with on an emotional level. Captain Marvel comes to mind for that category. There are others that just blow me away with incredible fight scenes and leave me in awe of what contemporary action movies and contemporary superhero movies can do. I'm thinking in that category, maybe something like Spider-Man Far From Home. There are others that have standout characters who I immediately feel connected to. That you feel like you've known them forever and they're very much part of the world. So the, the Guardians, for example. And my favorite MCU movies, the absolute standout entries, like Captain America the Winter Soldier, and like Black Panther, they do all three of these things. Black Widow did all three of these things for me, and in an unprecedented way. I say that acknowledging some recency bias. I was just in the theater, sitting there watching it. But that being said, I also remember sitting in the theater and watching 
Captain America the Winter Soldier many years ago and how that movie struck me then. And Black Widow struck me in that way. I also remember sitting in the theater many years ago and seeing The Avengers for the first time and seeing Natasha Romanoff on the big screen for the first time. I had seen Iron Man 2. I hadn't seen that one in the theaters, though. And I think as is part of the discourse now, Natasha's portrayal and introduction in Iron Man 2 didn't fully do justice to her character. And while in 2012, I remember feeling some frustration about how Black Widow was clearly the token female Avenger on this otherwise all-male team. But even so, I was really excited by this character and really invested in what was going to happen with her. Seeing just how far the portrayal of Black Widow has come, watching this movie was genuinely such a special experience. I've always considered Natasha to be among my favorite characters in the MCU. But after seeing the Black Widow movie, I would say that she solidly is sitting beside Steve Rogers as a favorite character of mine who I'm inspired by in the way that I'm inspired by Steve Rogers and have spoken to multiple times on this podcast. And I think those two characters have a lot in common. With the guests that I've had on the podcast, we've talked about the way that those two characters interact and play off of each other in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And we've talked about the moment they share in Age of Ultron when they look out and they say that there are worse ways to die. And Natasha says at least it would be a great view. And I've talked about the scene between them in Endgame, which Natasha says, I'm still trying to be better. This movie really provided the missing piece in her story that even without having more of her background on screen prior to this, the way that her character shown, giving all credit where it's due to Scarlett Johansson's performance, giving credit to the writers where appropriate, you, you can tell that the character was imbued with this sense of backstory, even if it wasn't made explicit. So to be able to get to see some of it made explicit was so satisfying as a fan of the character. And seeing this chapter in her story makes her self-sacrifice in Endgame even more powerful and frankly more tragic and very, very sad. I felt sad during this movie at many points, and so it's really stuck with me. I also found it very funny in points. I found it very sweet in points and very inspiring, but very sad. And I do love media that makes me sad. In a few weeks, you'll hear the discussion that I have yet to have with my upcoming guest about the themes of the movie, but there are some very serious themes in this movie about abuse and survival, about autonomy and lack thereof. I loved the decision that this movie made to include the main credits after the cold open toward the beginning of the film, as opposed to at the end of the film, Something that the MCU hasn't done since The Incredible Hulk, if I'm remembering correctly, that is. And it served a purpose of providing some of the exposition of what happened to young Natasha when she went to the Red Room, and also set a tone of seriousness, a, a tone that was quite somber. I'm also a sucker for a cover of a well-known song done in a slightly different tone, and so I 
very much enjoyed the cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit that played over those credits. I thought it was perfectly eerie and weird, and I enjoyed it very much. I think it was important that this movie showed the weight of just how serious Natasha's past was, just how horrifying and traumatic that experience would have been. It makes her strength and how she survived and how she thrived and how she served others all the more powerful. One of the lines from the movie that really stood out to me on the first watch was Melina asking Natasha, how did you keep your heart? And I think that really just put a fine point on the fact that Natasha is a character who, through everything, has kept her heart, has always tried to be better. I'll say again, I just loved what this movie did in rounding out her character arc in the MCU. Frankly, I wish it had come out a couple years ago, before Endgame, to feel the full impact of her sacrifice in that movie. I'll say I, I don't really believe that she gets enough airtime in Endgame. I remember seeing a breakdown of um, how many minutes each of the main characters um, is on screen in, in Endgame, and, and hers was kind of surprisingly low and, in my opinion, disproportionate. Regardless, all of that aside, I think that this this is what I wanted to see. I think this is what serves her character. In the same breath that I'll say I wish it had come out a few years ago, I also wonder if it came out a few years ago if it wouldn't have been the same. And I'm really happy with with what this product is. Now, of course, this movie also introduced us to a couple of new characters. The internet seems to be buzzing about Florence Pugh's performance as Yelena, and understandably so. She's an incredible actor who I came into the movie familiar with and already really admiring. And her performance here just blew me away. You know, she provided comic relief without it seeming out of place or over the top. And she provided such an emotional counterbalance to Natasha. Their performances together, the chemistry of the two actors in the film was really so important to making this movie succeed. And I think it was really effective. Some of the standout moments in the movie came from their interactions together and came from this introduction of the Yelena character. One of my other favorite lines is when she says, the best part of my life was fake and then says, you know, it was real to me. Just really all around fantastic character and I can't wait to see more of her in the MCU. And of course, David Harbour's character, Red Guardian, also providing a lot of comedic relief, but I'm a huge fan of David Harbour as well. And I think he was perfectly cast in this role and his character brought some needed levity and a, a sweetness to that family unit that just worked very well for me. I also enjoyed the character of Natasha's friend who was bringing the supplies, the agent of some kind. I don't even remember his name if they mentioned it. So clearly, you know, he didn't play a huge role, but I thought that he was a good addition in the few scenes he was in. And of course, Rachel Weiss as Melina rounded out the quote-unquote family unit really well and, and also just did a great job of, of balancing some of the really serious scenes with some levity. In addition to the characters really standing out, the, this movie's action scenes were insane. There were a couple of moments where I and people around me in the theater like legitimately jumped or, or 
got a little scared. When Taskmaster runs into Natasha's car on the bridge, uh, that was one of them. Uh, the the fight scene between Natasha and Yelena when they first re-encounter each other was awesome. The car chase was incredible. It just blew me away. And I loved the experience of seeing it on the big screen in IMAX. I know others will choose to watch it exclusively on Disney+. Plus. And at some point, I'll do that as well. And either way, these scenes just really, really pop. One more standout moment that I just wanted to mention was the scene between Natasha and Drakov in which she's coaxing him to to hit her. Scarlett Johansson's performance here was really incredible. The way she was kind of smiling at him. And I forget the exact line. She said, this is the scene that I'm probably the most excited to rewatch. And, um, of course, then she, she follows it up by severing the nerve, you know, it was so well done and really powerful to me. And I will definitely have more to say about it once I rewatch it again and kind of how it plays into the larger themes of the, of the film. I will be seeing this movie in the theater again, the day after tomorrow, that will be my second time seeing it in the theater. And I anticipate that I will go a few more times after that as well. So I think I'll wrap my first impressions up there. Suffice it to say, I absolutely loved this film. It stands out among the most powerful, most personally resonant to me uh, films or entries in general in the MCU. I can't wait to see it again. I've been thinking about it nonstop since I saw it, and I'm excited to speak with my friends Trey and Jude about the film as well, so you can look out for my appearance there on MCU Need to Know. As always, thank you for listening and feel free to find me at anidea underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter if you have any thoughts on Black Widow or anything that you would like to share. And please do look out next week for my episode on the finale of Loki.